0: Welcome back to the Scribes Journal. I am your host, the of Worlds, and I am joined this week by the Violet Author, who will introduce herself as soon as she stops yawning.
1: I'm sorry, I don't find you boring. I find my life exhausting. We have made it! We have made it to the end of February! It both was way too fast and way too slow. This is true. It, Even with those couple extra days shaved off. I I was just
0: one well it depends on if you're cutting down from 30 or 31 this year from 30 yes it is just one but yeah we get the extra extra day this month which was which is fun so for those of you who might not have uh, heard this at the beginning of february we did a challenge just between ourselves and if any of you listeners decided to join in, then you too and let us know if you did called 400 february Basically, the challenge was to write 400 words every day for 29 days. We are recording this just before the end of February, but for all intents and purposes, we're going to pretend like it is, in fact, the first day of March and uh, we have finished. And we'll just pretend that for the next two days, we have written 400 words of ease. So,
1: mm-hmm. yes, and we've totally done that. Yes,
0: absolutely. absolutely. Of course. So do you want to start it off and talk about how you found February 400? Was it easy? Was it tough? What did you learn?
1: It was refreshing. It definitely was. When I sat down to actually do these challenges on the days that I could, because realistically, I was not able to do every day, unfortunately. I just don't have the schedule or life for it right now. And what little energy I have does not always go here. But I, the days that I did sit down to write and had the ability to were wonderful. It was really nice. Specifically because I I didn't try and focus on one specific story. I didn't even try and build on anything that I've written. I challenged myself to just write something new, write something strange, write something fun every day. And I easily, every day that I wrote, made it past 400 words. Easily. Without even recognizing. The lowest that I got to was 600 one day. Six hundred, which is I think it was like six hundred and something words that we had to do for Nano Rymo every day. Uh, because, I oh right. yeah was it that
0: I think it is
1: like or something.
0: That seems low. I think it's seventeen hundred.
1: Oh wow. Anyway, but yeah, I I found it not daunting. I found it creatively refreshing, and I found myself throughout the day something would happen or something would say well someone would say something that I found interesting and I'd be like want to write about that later today and it was nice it was nice to just be able to let the world influence my creativity in a way that it hasn't in a while and to to be in to look forward to writing without without pressure so that's definitely some of the takeaways that I had from it for sure
0: yeah so the NaNoWriMo per day is 1,667 so yeah wow <laughs> Yeah. Which is which is why we did the four hundred instead, because a, a quarter of sixteen hundred is totally doable. Like you're like you're saying, you know, on the days that you could do it, the lowest you got was 600 and i also want to talk about uh, some of the stuff that you came up with because you were pretty excited about it so i i want to talk about that i do want to preface this by saying normally what we would do is we would come to the end of one of these and try and combine two of the the ideas that we came up with during this month but i kind of wanted to take the time to just brag about ourselves and talk about the really cool and creative worlds and and stories that we came up with on on our on our own And maybe do a a quick little plotting of, yeah, or, or even like a little plotting of where the stories that we didn't finish this month might go. But hey,
1: I love that. So just to clarify, Scribe, you also did not write into any of your canon stories. You were trying to be organic and write your own.
0: Uh, no, actually the complete opposite. Every single thing I wrote. (laughs) Yeah. Everything I wrote this month is canon technically. One of the stories, though, is less canon than the others, I guess you could say. So two of the stories I wrote because I had to write them for a Wandering Isle arc of Adventures and Fantasy. And so that was like the first one I wanted to jump into was The Sampian. And I did that within like a couple of days. No problem. Knocked it out of the park. Uh, and then I have been listening to Sail North, who is a sea shanty artist He's he's fabulous. But he has a song out called The Shadow, The Tale of the Shadow, and it's about this pirate crew that tries to sneak up on this ship that they call The Shadow, and everything seems still and calm, but when they try and take the ship, the ship takes them, kills the crew and then blinds the narrator and sets him to be the captain of the shadow so i wrote a song loosely based not a song i wrote a i wrote a story loosely based off of the mythology of the shadow like this this ship that just exists and there's no one who sails it but it sails the seas and so i wrote this short story called ghost ship um it's set in a coastal town when i started this section i was going to talk about you know how many words i wrote and how many words i wrote per day but here we are uh talking about my story so i'll get back to that i love at it some point. i love it uh yeah so it's set in this like coastal town and every so often this ship appears and they lottery style pick one of the town members and send them aboard and so this follows this uh watchman who is like a village guard who is going through the streets on this terrible stormy night when all of a sudden the bells ring and the ghost ship has arrived. And it kind of follows him watching the lottery unfold and the the village make their choice on what unlucky soul to destin aboard the, the ghost ship. And then from there, there was another uh, story about Adrian, who is the satyr sidekick that shows up every so often in Adventures and Fantasy, tying up some of his his personal arc, and that has some really funny moments. So I might share some of those later. And then the one I've been working on, like for the past week and a half, if not more of February is I've called it sidekick night. And it follows the three sidekicks of, well, the two sidekicks of Tinker and the one sidekick of Stefan Iza as they go on this like wild rampage.
1: Have I lost privileges as beta reader to know all before it is known?
0: So you, you have met him, but he hasn't shown up in any other story other than this. He is a headcanon head cannon sidekick that has not <laughs> appeared. So you oh, have met him.
1: Okay, gotcha. You have is met this him. Because, is this because you haven't been able to get past that one story that involves uh, native tribes and that kind of stuff?
0: No, no, actually. Okay. Yeah, so jumping back a little bit. One of my characters, Tinker, is a artificer type person. And... She has these two little creatures that follow her around. One is a robot named Suleiman, and he feeds off of knowledge. And so the more knowledge he consumes, the more energy he has. And the other one is this like crocheted octopus named the Glorp or Glorpius. And anyway they are very much like snarky and I don't want to say serious because Glorp isn't so much serious as much as dry just like
1: humor dry yeah humor. dry
0: humor he just he not quite emotionless but also he just doesn't care type I think Jarvis type
1: from um, any Marvel film that has Jarvis in it uh, but specifically Captain Captain America's female love interest has a TV show side spin-off uh, where Jarvis is oh. a real-life individual Agent- person.
0: Agent Carter! Are you talking about the octopus or the robot? The
1: robot. The robot.
0: Yes, yes. The robot, yeah. So it, they're a weird mix because Glorp is non-verbal because he has no vocal tract. And Suleiman her. speaks for enough for both of them. So they're, they're an interesting <laughs> dynamic. Anyway. And then the other one is this character who I created like eons ago called Twister. And Twister is this little like knotted rope creature. And so, yeah, it it's... Currently titled Sidekick Night, I was going to write it as like one of the general just short stories, kind of a fun little aside. And I'm now... I have to see how many words this is now. So I'm now 4,930 words in. Which doesn't sound like a lot but most of of my adventures and fantasy stories fizzle out about 2,500. So this is already over half and I'm maybe 50% of the way done of like just yeah! rough drafting the idea. So this this probably will be pulled out into like a novella or a middle grade novel. So like keep your eyes out for Sidekick Night. But yeah, so it was it was really fun because this two of these stories don't have any real they are canon events within like my world, but they don't have any real importance to the stories that I've been telling. And so it it was really nice to just kind of like sit back and just write something really fun. So that was my, those were my stories and some of my experience with that. Uh, But what did, what did you come up with? Cause you came up with some stuff all over the place
1: bounced around. I I don't remember sharing the document with you, did I? No, I don't think I did. But I came up with a couple of different things. I started working on, I I write a lot of like adult fiction. Not like, not like gross NFSW stuff, but just like, I'm not afraid to use language in my writing or to use darker themes. Uh, And I kind of wanted to try writing a little bit more of like a teenage style. And so I wrote a couple sections or episodes of a young adult of zombie apocalypse survivor thing about these like I'd say ah oh, see I don't know school ages so we're gonna say like what's right below high school
0: Uh that'd be well so senior high or junior high there's two yeah so high school starts in seventh I think um so I think it's seventh through twelfth so it's seventh eighth and ninth and then tenth eleventh and twelfth tenth eleventh twelfth would be senior high and then junior high so
1: like. 6th and 7th grade, then, is, like, what, 12,
0: 13? Uh, yeah, that sounds right, yeah.
1: Yeah! So, like, these, like, 12, 13-year-olds, 6th, 7th graders who are all in school when the zombie apocalypse starts, and they're, like, it's, like, a group of four that get rescued by their, like, weird new art teacher who happens to be, uh an apo- like, a survivalist. Like, her family is a survivalist. And I just wrote, like, a couple of little vignettes for that. I had fun writing from the main character. was really interesting. I had a lot of fun with him. His name is Eris. And he is hard of hearing. He's losing his hearing over a degenerative state. And he has hearing aids that need to have batteries. And that's one of the big plot points that I'm working with is, like, wherever they go, everyone else is focused on, like, food and water. And he's like, I gotta find my batteries <laughs> or I am going to be in a state so I wrote a couple of days on just this group in different sections there's the first day when uh her name the teacher's the art teacher's name is Meriwether Pine uh which I had a lot of fun picking that name they all call her Miss Mary and Miss Mary is not very merry. she's pretty grumpy actually she's this 26 year old teacher art teacher who is not paid enough to put up with this crap and about how she saves them uh i wrote a scene about how they escape from the school after going back in to get the backpack and they find their fourth friend marco who joins them and i wrote a scene about she brings the kids back to her family's survivalist ranch but she needs to leave because she needs to find her her fiancé. And Eris wants to find his family. And so it, she uh, agrees to take him. And I wrote this, like, really sad scene where they, like, sneak out at, like, 4 a.m., basically, just to, like, go and hit the road so no one can stop them. And it's a really sad scene where, like, he sees his three friends, like, running behind the car, like, trying to catch up to it, like, begging him to come back. And she's just like, don't look back. Long goodbyes are the worst. And I had a lot of fun with it. It was just, yeah. I I usually write such dark Things and I just didn't. I was like, yeah, it's a sad story, but it's from a kid's perspective, and I liked that. That was refreshing for me. So that was one that I used. I kind of were a little bit in this world where. We I I watched Taken the movie Taken for the first time with uh, Liam Neeson and so I was kind of like drawing inspiration from that and I was writing about a guy whose his wife is a secret agent uh, but she's retired and he's like in his like seventies and she's a little bit older but he gets kidnapped and then she like comes and saves him but she's also she's like they're like seventy and eighty and way too old for this but still kicking butt. I wrote some fun action scenes, but the one that I was the most in love with was a I would like to make it a short film actually. It's it's a cool story, but I think it'd be best in short film format. A story that I wrote about a girl whose best friend pass uh self passed away. Is that okay way to say it? Do you think? Yes, yeah. Um, or took and, her own life for... Yeah, that. And his slightly younger brother comes to town for the funeral and looks just like the best friend and she has a very time difficult time interacting with that but when he comes into town he comes to her and is like well are we gonna go find him because he left me a letter saying that he's still alive and i wrote this very interesting scene where she gains this information from him she can't stand to look at the younger brother because he looks just like the person she goes to this old camp in the forest where they, that they made when they were kids, and she finds a letter inviting, like, basically saying, like, come find me. I've always been in love with you. And it's here that she reveals to the younger brother, well, I don't know, because that's the one I want to write. I don't want to read. I don't want to read out loud. But, uh, yeah, I wrote almost 2,000 words in one sitting for this. Um, I stayed up till, like, 2 a.m. and destroyed my bedtime to finish this. (laughs) And yeah, I just... I had fun writing again. And this has been a common occurrence that I've talked about over this podcast. Writing recently has become very difficult for me because I felt like I've hit roadblocks. Like it hasn't been nearly as creatively sparking as it used to. And even though I didn't hit every day, actually, I only wrote for 10 days out of the month. Even though I only wrote for those 10 days, those were the most fun 10 days that I've had writing in a long time. So yes, a very, very fun challenge
0: yeah one of the things i loved about this was it gave me a manageable goal to keep me moving forward in writing even mm-hmm. though i had to like i had so many other things going on one of them being it I, i'm i'm working on uh starting the process of querying and whatnot and so part of that is uh getting can some you explain stuff.
1: what that means to the audience who maybe maybe new to the writing world
0: sure so querying is is when you want to get published you can go one of two ways you can go indie uh self-published which is i would figure out some publishing company that i want to go through uh typically that's like amazon and you publish there don't
1: use amazon
0: uh amazon or spotify
1: spotify did but amazon isn't the shady recently as well it's all it's because of the ai stuff lately everyone's trying to be able to mooch off of everything
0: so be careful on that note if you are looking to self-publish read terms and services very very carefully um there are other ways there are other like smaller publishing companies and stuff that you can you can still publish through fairly independently so that's self-publishing and then if you want to go traditional publishing you have to get your manuscript accepted by a well an agent who then will go to an actual like publishing house so in order to do that you can't you you want at least A part of your book to be able to send with your query letter to be like hey look i can write see this is good stuff right and so so part of what i want to do is start going through and editing and continuity checking and whatnot and and so with that having a set limit uh, not a set limit but a set goal Of words to type helped me because I could write 400 words and say, okay, I can be done writing for the day because I've still moved forward in writing. And I have, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm one step closer to finishing the stories that have to be written before I can edit them. Right. But now I can set that aside and edit all the stories I have already written, which are quite a lot. So it really helped me. And what's interesting is I missed one or two days, but I did the math and I'm sitting at, so at the end of the month, I will be right around. 1400, a little over 1400 words written this month.
1: Nice. I didn't do a full tally.
0: I literally put every single word I wrote in one document. So, yeah. So, which comes to about 491 words per day.
1: Yeah. I wrote around 4,000. I wrote around 4,000. Yeah.
0: That's just, it's a good amount, you know? So, yeah. So, like, I did right around 491 words per day, which means that I'm, I'm, barely making it past the goal but it's because i don't i i'm able to use my time better because i get to the end of the week and i've still written 1200 words well i guess it'd be 2400 after a week it'd be yeah so i get to the end of the week and i've written 2400 words right but instead of me sitting down and like using up an entire afternoon to write 2400 words straight i have taking like 15 minutes out of my day every single day. And those 15 minutes are like times that I'm, you know, waiting to leave to go to work or waiting for dinner to finish cooking or like just these little moments of time where I need to sit anyway. And instead of pulling out my phone and scrolling Instagram, I just open up my computer and type a couple words out. So yeah, that that's kind of the, It's it's been really great to break up my day in that way of like 400 words done. If I want to write more, I can, but I don't have to. And I can like really focus in on editing. Like I went back through when I edited the Miracle Mile and I edited Spelling Ink Tattoo Shop. And there's no like big major changes, which is nice, but there's like repetitive words. There's weird grammar things. There's like words that I just forgot to put in. And so being able to go back through and like tweaking all that stuff has been really, really great.
1: That's really great. I love it. So so looking at the stories that you've written, do you want to I like your idea from earlier of us going through and 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 saying where we think that they would be going in the future. I, I know for you, you've got a little bit of a better idea because it is your canon. And I know that it might count towards spoilers. So what can you share with us about which of these stories you want to move forward
0: with? Well, so obviously there's the one that I'm only halfway through, so I can right. talk about that one. And that one has no spoilers. But what's really funny about this one, uh, do you do you want to go first then? Because I just finished talking a whole lot. So.
1: Okay, yeah, sure. So, if I... I'd say the one story that I had, like, a definite direction for was the teenager zombie apocalypse story. I love apocalypses. I think they're Mm -hmm. so cool. I've come up with so many cool ones, and I've seen other people come up with so many cool ones. You can end this world in so many creative ways... And I am just looking forward to what we actually land on. But we, the uh, the the direction that I wanted to take this was Mary and Eris traveling together as a dynamic duo for uh, for a couple of months. Eris growing as a person and finding his confidence in not only who he is as himself but also as a, a, a hard of hearing individual. Because um, at one point his left hearing aid gets smashed, which means that he only has use of one of his hearing aids, and that thing whistles. When you don't have hearing aids that are paired correctly, they, make, they emit this very annoying, high-pitched, tinny noise. And so I, I definitely have in my mind a scene where Eris has to choose between, like, do I want to be safe because I can hear, or do I want to be safe because I am quiet? And has to make that difficult choice. Um, and then him and Mary working together to find, like, ways to communicate. She doesn't know sign language. They find, like, an ASL1 book to work through. Sign language is something that's deeply ingrained in me and my family's culture, so we, uh, it's something I know a lot, but at the end of the story, I was gonna have Eris reunite with the majority of his family, where they were going to meet, and Meriwether drive away without saying goodbye, and he knows why, because she says long goodbyes, long goodbyes make everything more difficult. Mm-hmm, long goodbyes yeah. are the worst, and that's a carrying over. So we don't know what happens to Meriwether, but we know that Eris lands safely with his family. And who knows, maybe that's a sequel. But I I love this idea. I I've, Have you ever seen Love and Monsters, the movie?
0: No, I have not.
1: Very, very fun movie about an alternate universe where giant bugs take over the world uh, and humans are kind of confined to bunkers, to stay safe. But I kind of want that vibe, like a the world is ending, but we're funny about it kind of thing. Uh, and I... I just, it'd be nice to be lighthearted about it. something for once in my life with the darkness that I encounter on a daily, hourly basis. Um, right. So, yeah, that's the one that I definitely saw the biggest pathway for.
0: I like it. Yeah, so I need to preface this. Okay. So for for some of you, you might have read Spelling Ink Tattoo Shop.
1: Mm-hmm. It's Very about good, this,
0: It's about this tattoo wizard who has these pirates walk in one day and tell him to make them a tattoo and it's like in some ways chilling but like this moment where this pirate captain is just like um mr Abrid, don't you want to finish what your forefathers started and that sets off the whole wandering aisle arc and it's a great time this one starts with the robot taking drugs and i did that purely for that reaction violet so i want to <laughs> preface this by saying i do not condone taking drugs I there there are medical reasons where strong medicinal drugs might be prescribed. This is not one of those. It is also completely <laughs> unintentional. Uh so like I said, this robot lives off of or is energized by the consumption of knowledge. Uh so like Wikipedia is his best friend. But and, and any other typical food source that he tries to consume doesn't create any kind of energy. However, this one time he had like a salad or something and he felt like there was a spark and of some kind of like energy or something going on and healthy he like, food
1: spurs my brain
0: well here's the thing not quite uh-huh. he he like triangulated and like made a giant scale of like which ones work and which ones don't and what he came up with was the ones that worked have anti-inflammatory properties so he thinks great i will just take an anti-inflammatory like tablet and I will have power. What he doesn't know, and probably what the reader won't realize until later in the book, is that the energy that he's feeling isn't so much energy like healthy food nutrition, it's your energy for the day, but more of a manic pie. And so when he takes this very condensed dose of ibuprofen that's, you know, used for anti-inflammatory purposes, he goes on this, like, manic high and starts this, like, wild adventure dragging his, his two friends along with him. And so at the... I have gotten them from the house where they were taking drugs. And again, th- he doesn't know he's taking drugs, and the, the the quote-unquote drugs that are used are typical things. Please do not try to get high yeah. off of ibuprofen. Just...
1: No, don't, don't get high off ibuprofen. <laughs> don't don't take say the it. That Cabinet... <laughs> Real <laughs> mix <of laughs> mustard gas <laughs> I'm
0: I'm going to find like a beep tone to use <laughs> and all I'm gonna leave is so what you're gonna do is go and take the beep that you're beep and then you beep <laughs> It's gonna be great.
1: That's amazing. That's all I've ever wanted.
0: If you follow all of those directions, uh, yes, fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing the information. And and the other thing is, he's a robot. He's yeah, it's true. He's a robot.
1: It's fine. He's a robot. We can do anything we want to robots. Just ask AI and our eventual overlords.
0: It's true. So he he takes them on this like crazy adventure, and I have gotten them from the house to a laser tag arena where they are currently running around shooting the rest of the children and trying to get the get the top score laser tag
1: oh i zoned out for that
0: they're in a laser tag arena and i do have a really funny section that i would like to read at some point but we can get to that later so the way i think this is going to end eventually is like they get found out by the arena people uh they get chased out and they go on like this next chase and they're like chased by wild animals and all this stuff and whatnot and then eventually they either wind up home Or Tinker comes along and finds them and she like hears what happened and says, well, maybe we shouldn't eat things that we're not supposed to. And so in reality, this is not a story about a robot taking drugs, but it is really a story about the hazards of doing drugs and ends with the moral, not just don't do drugs, but don't eat the things you're not supposed to, which can just be applied to so many things, you know, honestly, like eating bricks. It's out eating paper. It's out cannibalism. It's out drugs. Well, they're out. Just don't well, eat the things. Don't eat the things that you're not supposed to. Well,
1: like, like
0: boogers. Boogers are out. Don't eat the things you're not. But supposed they're
1: to. a great source of potassium.
0: That's bananas.
1: It's <laughs> the same. It's the same color.
0: Anyway, we'll come back to that. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm heading with this one, and it it has no impact on any other part of any story. It is just its own self-contained little i
1: love it an anti-drug psa
0: yes exactly so i also should say that this is very loosely based off of the lyrics to a song called sweet tooth by scott hellman which is such a fun song but it starts it starts with a line about rifling through a medicine cabinet and taking a whole bunch of pills so there's no real way of looking at it and being like that's not (laughs) taking that's not doing drugs of some kind yep and so i had to figure out how to use that without like writing a a story about doing drugs and so i wrote a story about doing drugs but it's more about why you don't do drugs and that's in it the future, kids and I
1: will be, i'm adding this to the wheel uh write a story about using drugs in a safe positive way i'm putting that in my I... rubber raggy wheel have a pro drug psa included in your in the story <laughs> and remember kids vegetables
0: I have no reply to that, so we'll just let that one slide.
1: Okay, cool. Do you want me to do something? Do you want to introduce the yeah. next section, or do you have another thing?
0: Do you, you can either introduce the next section, or do you want to talk about the... You, you had a moment that you said that you wanted to, to read from your short film.
1: Yeah, I, I do. Well, I have the entire thing, but it is way too many pages! So, yeah, why don't we take a few minutes and we do some editing. Yeah, let's take a few minutes. Let's edit a section.
0: So so I have two sections from two different stories that I'm gonna share. The one is within the laser tag arena. Suleiman says, "I'm I need to make guns because like they're little creatures. They're not big, so they can't wear the actual vests or like walk around with the guns. So he says, go and get me some remotes for like the LED lights because they work on the same wavelength, and I can recircuit them in order to make them into uh, into laser guns. Which I don't know if that would actually work or not, but in order it's to totally make great. a yeah it it makes sense because infrared anyway based on the the 15 minutes of research that i did this could work so he sends them off to go and get those things while he starts downloading the schematics and whatnot and we get this in a longer story this is where the two rope creatures would take over Uh, but as we are following Suleiman, we won't spend time talking about their trek across the wilds of the arcade There isn't time to explain how Twister found himself competing for the high score on the dance machine, nor how Glorp became the unofficial mascot of the Grant Middle School Giants football team. They later changed their names to the Grant Octopods. And there aren't enough words to tell how the arcade attendant had to be lured away through dubious ventriloquism, which is difficult without vocal structures, and how Twister was inadvertently lost to the stuffed animal claw machine and his rescue by the intrepid Glorp. Likewise, we must skip the attainment of the remotes and the harrowing journey back to where the robot Suleiman waited. What took you so long? He asked irritably. Oh, the usual, Glorp responded, picking confetti out of his knotted tentacles. Somewhere in the distance, a child screamed, missing their twisty twister rope. The rope looked embarrassed. And so in an actual, like, if and when I this out into an extended novel that would be a section that i would like take piece by piece and actually talk about a little bit more uh but i just love i just love it because it it makes me laugh so much the little like this is what is happening now but uh we aren't going to actually talk about it Uh, mostly because i wanted to finish fleshing out the overall plot of the night instead of writing every single scene the other one is a couple lines of dialogue that know the characters of Adrian and Chesterfield so well. So this story is called Retribution. And basically, Adrian made a mistake, and he is now having to come to the consequences of that mistake. He has been running around on this like side quest with Jessica Blackstone and has not seen Chesterfield in a, a couple weeks. I couldn't I couldn't tell you how long. So he Adrian is like facing. This spectre is what he's how he refers to it, at the end of a hallway, and he's like taking step after agonizing step towards the spectre in order to meet his fate. And this is what happens. Well, at least you're honest, Adrian muttered. He took another step forward, then was nearly bowled over by someone walking out of a side room. The two exchanged glances. Chesterfield? Adrian asked. What are you doing here? Looking at some records? Chesterfield said, holding up a file folder. What are you doing? Dealing with a bit of a situation, Adrian hissed, indicating the specter. Ah, Chesterfield said, carry on. No, wait, Adrian said, I I need your help. Chesterfield looked between him and the specter, raising an eyebrow. It looks like you're handling it just fine, he said. Chesterfield, I am about to die, Adrian emphasized. Then don't, Chesterfield said simply, then moved away. He gave a brisk nod as he entered the room on the opposite side of the hall. I'll see you tomorrow, Adrian. Adrian watched him go in disbelief. And I thought we were friends, he shouted at the door as it closed. Friends don't leave friends to die. We are, and I fully expect you to survive, Chesterfield said, sticking his head through the cracked door. You're on your own for this one, but I give you my vote of confidence if that helps. It truly doesn't, Adrian said. Then prove me wrong, and I'll apologize at the funeral, Chesterfield said. Or don't, and I'll owe you a drink. Great, thanks, Adrian said as the door closed and locked. Which is... Pretty much just Chesterfield and Adrian in a nutshell. I love it. Yeah. What do you got for us?
1: So I decided that I could also do two parts. I'm ready. I'm going to start off with the fun one. This is a section of the story that I was writing about the zombie apocalypse for the teenagers. Um, And this is (laughs) when the apocalypse has just happened about 30 minutes ago. Zombies broke into the school. This group of kids got out but they were trapped on a dead end a few streets away from the school. So, here's where it started. The following section includes descriptions of epic zombie killing that may also include some gore and violence. So, uh, viewer discretion is advised. You're not viewing this. You're listening to this. Listener discretion is advised. A car slid to a stop right in front of the huddled teenagers, Bowling over the hunched figure and splattering the hood with a mix of ichor and blood. Their eyes widened as they recognized the woman in the driver's side. Miss Mary? Mallory squeaked as as the window rolled open. Get inside! Eris watched his friends tumble into the back seat, but he hesitated. My backpack! It's still inside! he called to Miss Mary. Mary opened her mouth to protest, but Adeline interrupted. His hearing aid batteries are in there, miss. He needs that backpack. With new understanding, Mary groaned. Okay, get in. We'll circle around. Eris quickly clambered into the front seat and buckled a seatbelt as Mary hit the gas on her old Subaru. It lurched forward just as the horde of undead topped the ridge. But to Eris' horror, she didn't attempt to avoid the lumbering figures with their arms outstretched. Mallory gripped the back of Eris' seat. Watch out for the- With multiple sickening thuds and squishes, Mary's van slammed purposefully into the crowd and mowed down several of the creatures without hesitation. Her wheels caught and spun before propelling them over the pile, and her windshield wipers thrummed to wipe the dark ooze from her windshield as she flew down the hill. Eris felt like he was going to be sick. Groans and protests from the back seat caused Meriwether to narrow her eyes through the rearview mirror. Oh, you really want to fight me over ethical dilemmas during the zombie apocalypse? Mary cranked the wheel to the left and narrowly made the sharp turn around the bend, before forcing her engine towards the school they had just escaped from. Wandering groups of undead students looked up sharply at the sound, but Mary's patented mow-down method seemed to be the best solution. Eris squeezed his eyes shut and gritted his teeth as each bump echoed in his bones. The car lurched to a halt, and Eris' eyes sprang open. It seems like the creatures had followed all fleeing students out of the building and he couldn't see anything moving through the remnants of the shattered glass doors. I'll be quick. He moved for the door handle, but Mary caught his arm and held him back. Take this. It's not much, but it should help in a tight spot. Mary slipped a large hunting knife out of a sheath she wore strapped to her leg underneath the long, blood-stained sweater she always wore. Eris now understood why Miss Mary kept her shirts long. He wondered why she wore such a deadly weapon on her person, or if the school was aware. He guessed not. Aris clutched the blade's handle and nodded before exiting the vehicle and starting towards the doors, his heart pounding. What did you think of it?
0: That was fun. Yeah, that was definitely a zombie-killing type, viewer discretion thing-ish. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that was good. Uh, so what's your other section? I assume this is the one from the short film?
1: Yes, it is. I tried to keep it short. I kept cutting down where I was going to start from. At this point, Charlie, who has lost her friend Alex, and Alex's little brother Matthew has come into town, looks just like him, approached her to talk about the letter that he got from Alex, saying that he's still alive, and has called Charlie Leah. Uh, But she has advised him not to call her that, because he's not allowed to call her that. So Charlie has just heard that this letter exists, and that Alex may still be alive, and that he has possibly left a letter for her. And that is where the story picks up. Matthew caught up to her just as she slipped into the driver's side of her old pickup truck. Leah! I, I mean, Charlie! Wait! She shut the door, but was forced to roll down the window to check behind her now that her mirror was shattered. Matthew put his hands on the car window sill and began to walk with her as she backed the truck out of its spot. Please, I have to find him! "'No one believes me, but I know that he left you a letter.' "'Where?' She choked out the word as she pushed the gear into the slot next to the letter D. "'Uh, something about a special mailbox?' "'That's it.' She didn't wait for him to move. Matthew had to yank his hands away as the truck lurched forward, headed away from Main Street and down the narrow dirt road at the back of the church. The tires churned mud in every direction before careening through a thin spot in the trees that knocked Charlie's cracked mirror off of the truck entirely. Hairpin turns of the dark barely revealed themselves to the thin beams of light emitting from the racing vehicle, and several low-hanging branches cut long cracks along the battered windshield. She didn't care. She knew where to find him. The last of him. Hidden in the backwoods, in a forgotten fort, in a broken box, Alex had left ac- answers there. Alex. She braked to a stop and tumbled out of the driver's side, propelling herself towards a cluster of trees illuminated by the headlights of her damaged truck. Twenty crudely cut logs were stacked in a teepee shape around a trio of trees, each positioned at equal distance from the others. A few years ago, a tarp had been woven between each log to create a small shelter. Now it hung in tatters from years of abuse, from the forest, the weather, and the animals that had passed through. On the outside of the fort, a lopsided bird box hung on a nail tapped to the shortest of the three trees. Two green handprints, one much smaller than the other, decorated each side, and initials labeled the front. D and L. The bird box had no entrance for an actual bird. The front was meant to be propped up with a few extra supports, but Alex had simply added a handle for the easy lifting of human hands. Charlie trembled as she approached the box, but she did not hesitate. She opened the front and stared at the thin white envelope inside. Thin, slanting handwriting crossed the center. Letters clustered together to form the words, To Leah, from Alex. That's where I'll stop it, because if I keep going, I have to talk about, and I'm like, too many, too many uh disclaimers already today, but.
0: Nice, I like it. Good stuff. It was
1: fun. I had fun. I didn't have to worry too much about anything. I just had to write and it was fun. And I I enjoyed, I've written a lot of dialogue recently in like my other stories. Mm. And so writing descriptions was super fun because I haven't written like a big description in a while. And I, I hope that it visualized itself the way that I wanted
0: I think it did. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but thank you guys so much for coming along. Moving into the spring, you know, it is March and you know what that means. It means that uh, the God of War is taking over from our dear friend Janice. And there means that it is time to keep moving forward and time for some things to change. And so there will be some changes coming up to the podcast and we'll hear more about them next week. But don't worry, we aren't going anywhere. And uh, if you want to get more of our our content outside of this lovely little podcast that we have, go on over to Instagram, and you can follow myself at the Scribe of Worlds or the Violet Author at the Violet Author. You can also check me out online at scribeofworlds.com or the Scribe of Worlds YouTube channel. Which there's nothing there, so you know it might be fun. It might not be.
1: We have some I live think? streams on there don't we we have
0: some live streams on there yeah we have some stuff we, we do have some stuff you can you can browse around yeah anything else you want to say before we head on off to the wild blue yonder
1: remember kids <laughs> kill you if you give it the <laughs> and uh lightning does that does that make any freaking sense
0: no please try again
1: <laughs> It's a load of As in,
0: maybe maybe um, don't make a, a drug reference.
1: Are you not going to keep the entire thing of drugs?
0: Probably not.
1: What? <laughs> if you go to put them all on, drink faster, and that's the moral of the story.
0: That is, wow. Okay. Well, on that uh, note of advice, don't, don't do anything <laughs> that Violet has suggested. <laughs> Stay safe out there, and until next time, wander well.
1: Goodbye